0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show
1: starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of The Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on ESPN Tucson. Whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're streaming, Via the uh, via the website at espntucson.com, we do appreciate you tuning in here every weekday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. as we try to bring you all the best in sports news and compelling information and thoughtful and provoke uh, some elicit some thoughts, some opinions out of you all as well. And you can always join me on Twitter at uaz voice. That's at uaz voice on Twitter. If you'd like to interact there, I am always open to uh, to discussions there. No name calling, none of that BS. I don't put up with that. But if you want to get into a discussion, I'm more than willing to do that and uh, and have some fun because that's what this is about. It's radio. It's fun. Sports, right? Sports is supposed to be fun. You know, it's 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 interesting. We put smiles on our faces when we hear Anthony Pandy at Pac-12 Media Day talk about how Jed Fish has made football fun again, and it's a joy to play the game again. Yet we scowl and shout names at Olympic athletes who cite withdrawing from competition because it stopped being fun and it becomes dangerous. And that's exactly what was the thought process of Simone Biles yesterday when she withdrew or whatever. The the time zone thing is weird. Tokyo is like 17 hours ahead of us. When Simone Biles withdrew from competition in the team competition final for Team USA, she basically said that, she she coached her teammates in saying this is supposed to be fun. Go out there and have fun. And, yes, it is. This, is. this is competition. This is sporting competition. It is supposed to be fun. However, it seems that, like I said, when we hear guys like Anthony Pandy at Pac-12 Media Day say Jet Fish has made football fun again, we smile and we say that's great. Football should be fun. It should be enjoyed. Yet, if Simone Biles withdraws from her team competition – Because mental, you know, having uh, mental issues and worried that she wasn't going to be able to, A, help her team win the gold medal in the first place, and B, possibly paralyze herself for the rest of her life or worse, it stops being fun, and you have to start taking things very, very seriously. Okay? Now, far be it from me to opine about how an elite athlete should be feeling, because I never was one, yeah, I played sports, I was never an elite athlete, okay, I come from a family of some elite athletes, there were some definitely some elite athletes in my family, but i don't I myself was not one of them, so I cannot put myself in the shoes of an elite athlete, and neither can ninety nine percent of the oafs commenting on Twitter in negative fashion about what Simone Biles should have been thinking and how she should have been there for her teammates. I took issue with a lot of the comparisons that were being made yesterday. Let's talk about, let's just go with with a national name that everybody knows. Doug Gottlieb, okay, who has been on national radio shows. He has his own radio show, of course. He played college basketball for Oklahoma State, played for his daddy at uh, at Oklahoma State. And you know is a very 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 well known sports opinionist okay? makes a video yesterday and is it look it was a thoughtful process and it was a thoughtful opinion and he put together his thoughts and ideas very well as he most often does. However, his comparison was completely off base. He He was shouting at the top of his lungs essentially that if LeBron James, had withdrawn from, from the NBA Finals, citing mental health or mental issues, people would, have, people would have thrown him into a volcano. If Tiger Woods had withdrawn because of mental issues, and that's where he screwed up another thing, because Tiger Woods has withdrawn from plenty of tournaments because of mental issues, because golf is a mental game. Okay? Tiger Woods withdrawn from multiple tournaments, multiple times. Uh, citing just what mentally wasn't there. He continued on with equating Simone Biles' situation to more professional athletes, talking about Larry Bird and some of the other greats in NBA history or if if James Harden had, had withdrawn from a game or from a championship because of mental issues and all these other things. He continued to talk about professional athletes. Well, we're discussing apples and oranges at that point because Simone Biles is not a professional athlete. She is not under contract with a corporation or a franchise, as we call them, to be contractually available to play to the highest level of their ability because they are being paid $25 million to do so. Simone Biles was representing Team USA, the women's national gymnastics team, in an amateur fashion at the Olympics to win a gold medal, a potential gold medal, or any medal for that matter, silver or bronze, but to represent her country and her team and herself in amateur status to the best of her ability, in amateur status. She was not being paid. She was not contractually bound to do that. She was not contractually bound to be there. Okay? So, apples and oranges there. You cannot compare the competitive edge of an amateur athlete to the competitive edge of a professional athlete. They are simply and quite starkly different. They are They are not even close in motivational factors and reparations. It's essentially, uh, backlash that could happen contractually for you know for for not playing it you know as a professional. And let's not forget how we did climb all over LeBron James and a lot of other NBA stars who had uh, I I can't remember what the, what the term was at the time that the NBA said we can't have this term anymore because it doesn't mean anything. I don't remember what it's called. Basically players were sitting out games because they didn't want to play. They were they were tired, they needed to rest their bodies. Okay. That is not saying I have a toe injury or something to that effect, and I need to rest my toe. That is saying that I, 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 you know, I'm just mentally and physically not available right now. Can't do it, and and just can't be bothered to play a game, you know, a backup, a uh, you know, back-to-back game against the Indiana Pacers. Okay, that's that's quite frankly what that is. Simone Biles has continued to prove herself year in and year out as the greatest gymnast that the U.S. has ever had. And granted, I believe that she has taken some liberties with that. Look, she is not without fault. She has a, a a you know a picture of a goat, essentially not a picture, but it's 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 part of her uniform. There's a goat on the back of her uniform. She's the goat. In her in her own mind, she is the goat. And she's probably right. Okay. Now if you're going to do that, you're going to draw a lot of attention, whether it be positive or negative, and there's, you're going to heap some more on top of you. And, gosh, I don't know, maybe the fact that she's 23, 24 years old, she just wasn't mature enough to understand that there are repercussions for doing those types of things, for setting yourself up for that kind of stuff. She thought in her own mind she was indomitable, right? She is the, the juggernaut of gymnastics. She could not be taken down. She, she could not be beaten. She put a goat on her leotard and decided to go out there and perform. I went and looked up her the, the most recent video of, of a competition that she did when she won the 2019 U.S. Gymnastics Championships. And I, I, I mean, when I say she won, I mean like there was practically no one else in the building compared to the stuff that she was doing. like it was I've never seen stuff like this. You watch a floor exercise. We're used to watching these things. If you watched women's gymnastics over the years, you watch a floor exercise, you're like, oh, that's a nice little tumbling run. That's nice. Oh, good. Yeah, she stuck the landing. That was good. That's a fun little dance move she did there. What a what a fun, perky little routine she had. That was good. I watched Simone Biles' video. If you can watch it, I, my jaw hit the floor at the stuff that she was doing. It was ridiculous the stuff that she was doing out there on a uh, on her floor routine and i'm thinking to myself my god if she is off by just a just a, a tiny the tiniest little bit if she makes the tiniest little mistake she could break her freaking neck and we see it Happen a lot of times, and we watch, if you've ever watched, like, Chive TV, if you've been at a bar and watched Chive TV, you know, people falling on their faces, and Scorpion, uh, you, know, the, you see the Scorpions where the people fall, and they fall kind of on their face and chest and their legs, and their heels kind of come up and kick them in the back of the head. And it's funny to, you know, look at that kind of stuff and go, oh, look at this idiot falling off of the slide or whatever. She's going at full speed across the floor trying to do – six back handsprings into a double reverse twisting flip she could break her freaking neck and if you are not mentally prepared to go out there and perform that routine which she obviously was not because we watched her in the in the qualifying and the prelims and then of course during the final in her first vault of the final she was not ready she was not ready mentally and she had the wherewithal to remove herself from a situation that could be not only dangerous to herself, but detrimental to her teammates. She believed enough in her teammates to go out there, have her back, and go try to win a gold medal. It wasn't going to happen. They were already down nearly a full point after the first round of competition, after the first set of disciplines. They were down nearly a full point. To the R- Russian Olympic Committee, don't even get me started on that. I don't know if they're banned or what. They're still getting medals. They're just not allowed to show their flag and play the, the anthem for the entire country that has been cheating the Olympics for the better part of two decades. Don't understand it. Really don't understand why they're allowing them to compete, but whatever. I, that's not, that's, you know, I, I can opine about that, but it's none of my business. I'm not a, a U.S. OC, uh, or, you know, a, a world OC, you know, type. I, it's not my business, okay? I can gripe about it all I want and probably not get a straight answer. But she had the wherewithal to recognize all of those things that were happening at once and withdraw from the competition. And instead of sitting there sulking, feeling sorry for herself, and wallowing in self-pity and diving further into the depression or whatever was happening in her mind, she decided to be a big girl and cheer on her teammates the way that a true teammate should. I do not believe that Simone Biles is weak. I do not believe that she's a quitter. I do not believe that she is a traitor, as some people have labeled her, and I certainly don't think that she's a sociopath, as some idiot on some radio show had mentioned yesterday. She is a human being, an elite athlete, which most of us could never, ever comprehend what goes into that feeling And she had a bad week. We've all had bad weeks. Hell, it's been one hell of a year. One hell of a bad year for a lot of people. Consider being someone who was labeled the savior of the United States at the Tokyo Olympics, as has been heaped upon Simone Biles, and a lot of people have made the have made the comparison to Carrie Strug again. Yes, we're talking about an amateur athlete in Carrie Strug, and we love Carrie for the grit and toughness that she showed. And I want to share this with you, Um, Brittany Boyer, who some of you may be familiar with. uh, Look, she uh, she's she she works for for all sports Tucson. She is a former gymnast. Okay, is Brittany? She works locally in Tucson, and she responded to. A tweet yesterday, and I'd like to just kind of repeat this. This person says, it's bleeping baffling to me that so many people are like, oh, my God, Simone let her country down. She wasn't even hurt. Terry Strug competed with a broken ankle for her country. Brittany Boyer then retweeted and quoted this, basically continuing on this person's thought about Terry Strug competing in the Olympics with a broken ankle then proceeded to be carried off the podium by the Carolis, who have been known for mental abuse for years, and then handed off to Dr. Larry Nasser, the pedophile. Gymnastics is 90% mental. If you've never stepped foot on the gymnastics competition floor, take a seat. Imagine being Simone Biles, who has been someone who is extremely outspoken into the abuse the the sexual misconduct that has run rampant in the U.S. gymnastics circles because of this disgusting pile of trash, Larry Nasser, who was a, a disgusting pedophile masked in doctor's clothing, who has been working with these young girls for decades and just glossed over. What many people don't remember about Carrie Strug's quote-unquote heroic vault at the Olympics was her basically begging and pleading Bella Caroli to not send her out there with a broken leg. She was on one wheel. And I remember watching the video, and you can hear the audio from it. she She asked him, do I have to go out there? Are you going to make me go out there? And he clapped his hands and he said, you can do this. Okay? Now, I'm all for encouraging athletes to push themselves to the limit. I think that's what determines whether you're going to be great at what you do or you're just going to be a member of the team. Okay? And I do believe in pushing people. But Kerry Strug was obviously not physically able in her mind, to go out there and compete at the level that she expects of herself. The fact that she did shows that she is tough as nails and that she is a warrior, that she went out there and just did it anyways. But the you could just see the anguish and the mental abuse. She's crying standing there after sticking the landing of the vault, standing on one leg. She's crying not because she's elated in landing the vault, She's not crying because her ankle hurts so much. She's crying because she started crying as she walked out onto the runway to do the vault in the first place because of the amount of mental anguish heaped upon her by the Carolies and by everyone else who expects greatness from the U.S. women's gymnastics team. This year, heading into the, heading into the Olympics, NBC had propped up Simone Biles so greatly that she probably could have never even attained the, the level at which NBC had propped her up. Labeling her America's savior. Are you kidding me right now? This 24-year-old gymnast is our savior? The savior of the United States? Listen, this is a, this is a young lady who has competed for the U.S. for half of her life. Okay. She's 24 years old. She has competed in US competitions half of her life representing the US. She's won a ton of gold medals. She won four gold medals in Rio in 2016. And now she has a silver medal as part of her uh, you know, as part of her being a part of the team here in Tokyo. But let's make no mistake about it. She is she is still the elite athlete that she was. Going into the Olympic Games in Tokyo, it should not be diminished by her choice to withdraw from the competition. Again, I'm not propping her up as a hero. I don't think that that she should be, uh, you know, propped up on on some type of a, of a hero, you know, st- statue or anything like that. I'm not I'm not saying that. Many people are kind of going the opposite way. It's a little hyperbolic, in my opinion. I, I think it's a little exaggerated. Don't I, I don't want to. Labeling somebody a hero, first of all, is a very – people throw that term around, and I don't it's, – it's thrown around a little bit too much for my, for my taste. But when talking about Simone Biles, she's the same person that she was leading in going into Tokyo. She's still the greatest gymnast of all time. No one can take that away from her. People can opine all they want about how she withdrew from the competition. But the truth of the matter is – we will never ever know what it's like to be in that position we won't period and if you say you say you have you say you will i'm sorry your second year of jv football fighting through an ingrown toenail when your head coach slash neighbor slash uncle told you to rub some dirt on it and go out there and win the game for your team doesn't cut it jack that's not the same thing we are not we are not talking about equal Situations there. That is not an equal scenario. Simone Biles could have ended up injured or paralyzed or worse if she continued to go out there without her mental acuity at its top form, and it wasn't. She recognized that, she bowed out, and that's it. And what we will take away from this is that the Russian team, the the Russian Olympic Committee, whatever the the hell it's called, put together a better squad than the U.S. had. The U.S. has had a disappointing Tokyo Olympics so far anyway. This is just par for the course, in my opinion. The men's basketball team put it together against Iran. Congratulations on your 54-point blowout of a team who didn't even uh, deserve to be on the same court uh, as you guys. There's going to be a lot of disappointments out there. But can we just start like recognizing that these are human beings? This, these people, who is this? Charlie Kirk is his name. Some of you may be familiar with who this person is. Charlie Kirk, he's got his own YouTube channel or something. He's some, he's some jagaloon who dropped out of community college. Anyway, uh, called her a sociopath, which is, <laughs> wow. That's, that's a little bit. That's, I, you know, come on. I just don't. I don't know. Now, I've actually shared a room with Michael Phelps before. I've been in the same room with him. He can light up a room with his smile, and then to hear the things that he was going through during his fame, and you know, and and everything that he was being applauded for during his run as being one of the greatest Olympians in the history of the Olympic Games. He discussed, you know, in a book. He discussed on an HBO special. The Weight of Gold, I think it was called. You know, he was suicidal. He was depressed. He was, you know, all these expectations heaped upon him that he couldn't even possibly go near of, of of living up to those expectations that people heaped upon him. It it feels like the weight of two worlds on your shoulders. Okay, I've talked to entertainers, and I'm talking about world-class entertainers, people like, Reba McIntyre and George Strait and, you know, guys that people that, that are at the top of their game in the entertainment world, and they talk about having this entertainers syndrome where you just want to crawl into a hole and die because the weight of everything upon you and the spotlight is so bright and so hot that you just can't see uh, six inches in front of your face. You don't know what's happening next. You're just, in, you know, you're just in the moment. You're just going with the flow. And for those people who are standing on stage playing a guitar, singing into a microphone, that's all fine and, and well. They can progr- they're, be, they're programmed to do it. They do it every night, and nobody knows the wiser. For Simone Biles, for elite athletes, and specifically for someone in a competition as dangerous as gymnastics, it's different. It hits different. And you have to be aware of your mental status if you want to continue to live. For that matter. So look if you're if you're one of those folks who believes that she's a traitor or that she is a you want to label her a quitter, that's on you. Okay? I just I I, I urge you to look within before you start to cast those types of things out at other people, look within first. And number two, realize that we're all just human beings just trying to get along here. And we're trying to make this world a better place, and you're not helping. With school just around the corner, we want to help you and the student in your life get the supplies that they need to succeed. ESPN Tucson has given you the chance to win a $1,500 back-to-school shopping spree, and you can register once per day through August 9th right there on ESPNTucson.com. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Well, a pretty sizable announcement was made yesterday in the city of Tucson as the Arizona Bowl received itself a new sponsor. It's now going to be called the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. And the president of Barstool Sports was in Tucson yesterday eating some pizza at No Anchovies and giving his thoughts on uh, the uh, the bowl game and such, the new partnership, and very excited to have this particular partnership occur. Um, look, a lot of people are they, – they have kind of their own uh, thoughts, uh, negative thoughts about Barstool Sports, and, and that's fine. I mean, a lot of people – Believe it is uh, somewhat of a misogynistic men's type of of website and organization and such. And uh, look, in this day and age, who am I to tell anybody how to think? And I'm not going to do that. I have my own opinions about it. I don't feel that it's misogynistic. I feel it's just fun and it's very targeted demographically. They know what they're doing. They know who they're going after, and uh, they do it the right. I mean, they 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 do all the right things, right? I mean, it's they're making a lot of money, and Look, Barstool is not, is not in this partnership to uh, you know, bolster the Mountain West Conference and the Mid-American Conference. They are, this is not why they jumped into this. Barstool Sports has been wanting to get into the live sports broadcasting business for quite some time, and they want to be able to use sports betting and sports books as part of the fuel for that particular broadcast. And because of that, the networks have shut them out. So instead, what they did is they said, we're going to go get ourselves a bowl game and we're going to broadcast it on our socials and on our website. And that's exactly what's going to happen with the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. They're going to broadcast that game live on December 31st on via their web, their live stream via their website, and they're going to be playing it on their socials. And they've got plenty of time to figure this out. I'm sure they've already been working on it. Otherwise, the Arizona Bowl would not have, have you know agreed into this partnership. Like, how are you going to broadcast the game? Well, we're going to work on that over the next four months. That's not good enough. Okay, uh, They've already got this thing figured out. And to be honest, folks, look, the reason I'm excited about it is because I know that Barstool Sports is going to promote the hell out of the game. And this is only good for the city of Tucson. This is all good things. They're going to promote the game. They're going to promote the city. There's going to be a lot of – Excitement among the barstool sports community about the game and about the city of Tucson and Arizona Stadium, and I think this is just—it's a, a good move for for the for the city of Arizona and for the Arizona Bowl to enter into this partnership. And I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope to be a part of it this year. Um, I would very much like to be a part of uh, of that game once again, and uh, and have some fun with the barstool sports Arizona Bowl. So a, a, a good announcement yesterday. I'm I'm all in favor of it. Like I said, any kind of, of promotion that that is going to, you know, promote and bring awareness to the city of Tucson and the community and the football programs and things like that there, uh, I think that's all good. Regardless of who is promoting it, I think it's going to be all good. And, I, like, I trust the Arizona Bowl committee that uh, that they, are, they were confident. Of course, our own Ali Farhang on that committee as well. He was in a lot of the pictures yesterday on social media and stuff. Handing the uh, you know, the bar stool, uh, the metal bar stool that they had in the uh, is the, the part of the contract, which was fun. So, look, I think it's all good for the city of Tucson for the Arizona Bowl, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Looking forward to that coming up December thirty first, and uh, and hopefully maybe even get a good game out of it. But at this point, I think it's more about the promotion of the product than it is about the game itself. The game will be played regardless, and we'll have a winner and we'll have a loser, and I just hope it's an exciting one. Speaking of exciting. Tomorrow, if you did not know, is National Chicken Wing Day. And that makes me very happy because I do love my chicken wings. Now, unfortunately, I will not be able to attend National Chicken Wing Day at Fire Truck Brewing Company, but you can because ESPN Tucson is going to be broadcasting live from Fire Truck Brewing Company tomorrow from 3 to 6 p.m. You can join Justin and Ali at the, uh, at the location there as they're going to be eating some wings, drinking some beer. They have to drink beer off the air. They can't, they can't drink beer while they're on the air. That's against FCC uh, rules. But certainly after, you can enjoy an ice-cold beer to go along with your hot wings. The Fire Truck Brewing Company is fireman-owned, and there are lots of firehouse-approved recipes on the menu. Get down there check it out. ESPN Tucson will be on hand, broadcasting live from 3 to 6 tomorrow for National Chicken Wing Day at uh, the Fire Truck Brewing Company. More after this, you're listening to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN, Tucson.
1: Want to know where your former Wildcats are in training camp right now, NFL training camp? Well, Ryan Kellepire has uh, provided a uh, great little page here on the uh, azdesertswarm.com. And uh, we thank Ryan for putting that together. He's got the information of where you can find all your former Wildcats. Now there are uh, 11 of them in training camps right now. Here in Arizona, Lorenzo Burns and Jace Whitaker, a couple of defensive backs, both with the Arizona Cardinals, both expected to have some form of a role uh, with the Cardinals as far as special teams or a depth player goes. Lorenzo Burns, obviously a rookie, and uh, Jace Whitaker did play in four games last year, recorded four tackles. Nick Foles, of course, Super Bowl MVP in Chicago, looking to be the backup in Chicago to whomever is the starter there, whether it be Andy Dalton and or eventually Justin, Justin Fields. Whenever Andy Dalton uh, becomes blah and the fans start screaming for Justin Fields, I'm sure that's when they're going to make that transition. But Nick, comfortably in, uh, in Chicago there as the, uh, as the backup. Reggie Gilbert, of course, former defensive end and linebacker. He's with the Detroit Lions in his third year in the league. Roy Lopez, very excited about him getting uh, getting into the uh, Houston Texans organization. He's going to get a chance to play in uh, in Houston. He's going to show off his strength and his skill. I I, I like Roy Lopez, and I think he's going to do uh, some things with Houston this year. Philly will Will Parks. He got moved to to Kansas City in the off season. Lucky him. His sixth year in the league. He will be a rotational player in uh, in in Kansas City this year. But he will play Nick Folk. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, in the uh, uh, like last week I believe um, as one of the reasons why I believe New England will be you know essentially like the surprise team in the NFL this year he's starting kicker and he's great and uh, coming off a fantastic season last year of course with the uh, with the Patriots also with the Patriots J.J. Taylor who appeared in six games last year had over 100 yards wrestling did catch one ball Um, he'll be in the uh, in the conversation for the Rotation at running back in New England. Gary Brightwell in New York is the rookie running back. He's going to be looking to get some time there. Uh, in San Francisco, Demetrius Flanagan fouls, Tucson's own. He appeared in 11 games last year, had nine tackles. It's his second year in the league, and he will be playing for the 49ers. He's going to play on special teams, and he'll have some situational roles, probably in uh, nickel and dime situations or if injuries occur uh, in the secondary. We all know this guy, Rob Gronkowski, of course. Appeared in a ton of games, was, uh, I think, a a finalist for the MVP award in the Super Bowl this past season. And, of course, he's the starting tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a guy that I really liked when he was at Arizona, Dane Krukshank. he's going to be safety for the uh, the Tennessee Titans this year. It's his third year in the league, and uh, we wish all of our Wildcats the best in NFL training camps, and uh, look to see more Wildcats playing on Sundays in future years to come. Now, in other news in, the, in NFL training camps, Arizona Cardinals, let's talk about them for a moment. As we discussed yesterday, they, there was problems with Chandler Jones. He has demanded a trade or, or at least wanting to sit out until he is happy with his current uh, contract situation with the Cardinals. Jordan Hicks has asked for a trade after Steve Keim came out and said that Zayvon Collins is going to be the starting linebacker over Jordan Hicks before even getting a jersey on and putting, you know, getting on the field, um, and then we're still wondering what's going to happen with Larry Fitzgerald. He has the opportunity to play this season. Uh, I know that he's been making, you know, $10, $11 dollars over the last couple of years with Arizona. They do not have the money to pay him that kind of, uh, that kind of cash this year. If he wants to play for the Cardinals, he's going to have to take a major pay cut. We're talking, you know, four or five million bucks, at least half, if not more, of what he's accustomed to getting with the Cardinals. A lot of fans here locally in the state of Arizona and, of course, fans of the Cardinals really want Larry to win a ring. I think, I think the sentiment is now that the Cardinals are probably not going to get one for him. They've had their opportunities. We all know what happened against the Steelers with Kurt Warner and uh, the, the, the crazy plays that occurred during that game, one of the better Super Bowl games of, of recent memory. We know that he's had chances to win that Super Bowl and if you believe that this is Larry Fitzgerald's last season as an NFL player, future Hall of Famer, of course, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest of all time, the chances of him winning the Super Bowl as an Arizona Cardinal are slim. And that's to say that that's that's being kind. Right? That's heaping a lot of praise on the word slim. So if you're a Cardinal fan, do you want Larry to play a final season with the Cardinals and retire a Cardinal? He, he can, Look, he can retire a Cardinal next year. He can sign a 10-day contract, put on the jersey, do the rigmarole, and retire a Cardinal, go off into the sunset the same way Jerry Rice did with the 49ers, same way a lot of players have done with their member teams that they came into the league with and spent a lot of time with. He can still retire a Cardinal if he wants to, and the Cardinals would obviously oblige him that opportunity. Do you want to see Larry play one more year with the Cardinals and give them that extra punch that they may need to get over the hump in the NFC West and get into the playoffs and then face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Is that, is that what you want? I don't know. I don't know. Or would you like to see Larry move to a situation where he's on an actual contender with a chance to win a a football and NFL Super Bowl championship? You know, I, I'm I'm interested to hear this because I am neither a cardinal fan, you know, and and I like Larry, and I've I've dealt with him on on occasions. I, 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 he's not a guy that I root for for any particular reason, you know. I always root for the Wildcats, of course. Nick Folk, when when the when the Eagles beat the Pittsburgh beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, I was cheering hard for Nick Folk. Okay, great guy, by the way. But I you know cheering hard for him, and I, and I cheer for all the former Wildcats. I like to see those guys win. I like to see them succeed. And there are a few guys that I've met throughout the years that I cheer for because I just genuinely like them, and I think they're good guys. Um, You know, Larry is is difficult to kind of nail down at times here locally for the media. He does a lot of things kind of on his own terms, and he's earned that. Okay? He's one of the greatest of all time. He's absolutely earned it. Where should Larry go if he is to win a championship, though? Because it's not going to happen in Arizona. Or, do you want to just see him stay with Arizona and and play out his career in in, in its entirety in an Arizona Cardinal uniform. Get your thoughts. You can always tweet me at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice. Uh, Feel free to at me there if you want to weigh in on your opinions on where you'd like to see Larry Fitzgerald play. Because I think all of us here in the state of Arizona genuinely care about Larry Fitzgerald and the legacy that he leaves behind. Does he win a Super Bowl? Does he continue with the Cardinals? I think a lot of people want to know that even though we are a transient society here not only in in tucson but in the entire state of arizona in regards to where fans you know have their allegiances where they come from whether they're from the midwest and back east from the south whatever have you a lot of people have or even if they're from here and they're just old enough to be fans like my like myself before the cardinals were a football team here before they moved from st louis here and you have your allegiances elsewhere and you've just you're you're tied to that because you're you're loyal to a fault, okay, uh, like, many, like so many of us are. You grew up watching the Dallas Cowboys because it was the local, uh, you know, the local team that was on television. You just kind of grew up watching them, and they were really good at the time, obviously, before the, the Cardinals got here, and you just became a, a fan of them as well. So there's a lot of different factors in play here for football fans in regards to the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, where is he going to play, where do you want him to play. But the fact of the matter is he's not playing right now, and the contract is still up in the air whether he's going to play this year for the Cardinals. So we'll see. And I, I'm sure the Cardinals and him have been in discussions. Look, there's no rush to get him onto the field. He <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Okay. It's Larry Fitzgerald we're talking about here. It's not like they need him in camp to learn the playbook. He he's good. Okay? We're they're they're good. Speaking of good, if you ever get a chance to uh, if you if you if I know, look, I'm I'm not I don't get paid by the Athletic to do this I just like to tout things and endorse things that I that I truly believe in, and I am not being paid by the Athletic whatsoever. If you do not have a subscription to the Athletic, it's not the end of the world. Okay, it's fine. There's there's a lot of places to spend money, especially with streaming services and such like that. If you've unplugged, as trust me, I, my streaming bills are ridiculous for all the different services that I have to be able to watch the stuff that I want to watch. Um, If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, that's fine. But if you're going to subscribe to something to get sports news, I recommend The Athletic. And the reason why are things like we got today. Mike Sando, who is a guy that I I worked alongside when he covered – the NFC West specifically for ESPN saw Mike a lot of time spent some time with him in pressers and on the sidelines and such Mike now works for the athletic he's one of the premier NFL writers for the athletic and he's a guy who has built a reputation among the NFL as being a very trusted member of the media and thus he gets to access and information from coaches from GMs that many of many of the reporters out there just don't have access to because they don't have the trust that he's built. Now, Mike every year, Mike Sando every year, comes out with his NFL quarterback tears, uh, T-I-E-R-S, not not crying salty water tears. Um, he talks to coaches and evaluators, scouts, you know, he talks to head coaches, he talks to offensive coordinators, defense coordinators, anybody uh, who he's developed a relationship with, and he gets essentially them to vote on the quarterbacks that are that are playing in the NFL. And the the list is out today, and it's always phenomenal, and it's always great to read the quotes from these coaches because they don't hold back. And on the athletic, you can read all the f bombs and s bombs and everything that people talk about. It's awesome. And uh, just to give you a, look, a little quick preview, no, you know, no real spoilers here. There's a tie for first place amongst the coaches in the NFL as to who the best quarterback in the NFL is. Their names are Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. No big surprise there. The number three guy, a guy you may have heard of by the name of Tom Brady. Yeah, he's up there. Russell Wilson coming in at number four. These are all the tier one quarterbacks, according to the coaches in the league. And the number five guy I thought was very interesting. And he's a guy who's rated high on everybody's list every year he's been in the league. But this year... Maybe in question, Deshaun Watson, ranked number five and the, the final quarterback in Tier 1 in the NFL, according to these 50 coaches, head coaches, GMs, scouts, things like that, people who are paid to analyze the position. Very interesting that Deshaun Watson would come in fifth, and there's some interesting quotes. Again, if you have a subscription to The Athletic, I implore you, absolutely check out Mike Sandoz' uh, articles that he puts out. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best writers in the country. All right. When we return, we're going to put a big, bright red, if I can say this correctly, put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Come right back here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Fellas and ladies, for that matter, do you remember back in the day, if you're old enough like me, to remember collecting baseball cards, you go to, the, go to the local card shop or even to the local convenience store, pick up a couple of packs of Tops or Fleer, Donruss, whatever have you, open them up, throw the gum away because it was hard enough to uh, stop a bullet <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Holy smokes, that stuff was bad. And if you, did, if you did put it in your mouth, it was like the flavor was gone in like four seconds. It's like eating fruit stripe. Now now you know how really old I am. I just said Fruit Stripe. A rookie card for Star Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has sold for a record, according to PWCC Marketplace. Quote, we just brokered a record-breaking $4.3 million private sale for a 2017 National Treasures NFL Shield Patrick Mahomes rookie auto, it's autographed, one of one to L.J.'s Card Shop. This is the highest price ever paid for a football card. I remember the days where, now, we, I'm not old, like, that old where I stuck the basketball or the, the, the foot, baseball cards, football cards, whatever, in the spokes of the tires of my bicycle to make them sound, you know, to make the bicycle sound cool. I didn't do that. That was like my dad's stuff. He told me about a, he remembers, he remembers having a Mickey Mantle card that he did that too <laughs> back in the day, like, oops, big mistake. Uh, I, you know, I actually collected, I was aware of everything that's going on, and I'm still holding on to this. I have a 1987 complete sealed in plastic uh, 1987 upper deck set. The complete 1987 upper deck set sealed. I have it. I bought it 20 years ago because I knew what was in there. There's the very highly sought after Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie card in there. And I'm hanging on to it. I still have it. Um, don't come at don't come to my house to try to steal it because it's not here. <laughs> okay, I I don't have it here. I'm not that dumb. I mean, the, it's like okay, the card's worth I don't know a thousand bucks maybe. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to be honest with you. But if it was worth four point three million, <laughs> guaranteed. I know where that thing was. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we had that that essentially the the huge downturn in the sports card you know, business and, and industry where I thought maybe it was never going to come back. And now there are cards breaking records. There was a, uh, a Tom Brady autographed rookie card that sold for $3.1 million not long ago. Um, there have been, according to Bill Shea, sports business writer, there have been at least 15 card sales that topped the $1 million mark since August of last year. So Get out there and get your football and basketball and baseball cards, kids. Gentlemen, ladies, whatever, you know, go out there and get them. You never know what you might find. And it's fun to open up that pack of cards, right? Nothing like opening up a pack of baseball cards and seeing who you get. The ultimate disappointment of like, oh, I got my 13th Jesse Orosco card. (laughs) All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for this today's edition this wednesday edition of the jeff dean show congratulations to carlos who is the winner of our sugar skulls tickets and of course thanks to mary for all her hard work behind the glass and keeping us on the air pushing all the right buttons to keep us there and of course thanks to you the listeners for tuning in here don't forget to tune in later this afternoon at three o'clock for spears and ali every afternoon and we'll see you guys tomorrow bright and early on the jeff dean show here on 1490 am 104.9 fm espn Tucson. Thanks for listening to the
0: Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson.
1: 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. KMXC HD for Tucson.